Welcome to Tuber Talk, Canada's potato podcast. Tuber Talk is produced by Potatoes in Canada magazine. You've tuned in to hear about the people and the ideas making a difference in the Canadian potato industry. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our sponsors. Special thanks to our podcast sponsors, NutraAg, who are leaders in foliar and specialty crop nutrition solutions, and their technology platform, NutraAnalytics. NutraAnalytics combines standard tissue testing with proprietary algorithms and artificial intelligence to predict yield class within 85% accuracy. More than 100 Canadian potato growers trust NutraAnalytics to optimize their nutritional programs. To learn more, check out NutraAg.com and MyNutraAnalytics.com. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Tuber Talk, Canada's potato podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gordon, and I'm the editor of Potatoes in Canada magazine. For those of you who might be unfamiliar, we are an industry magazine for large-scale potato producers who grow potatoes for the processing and table markets. If you are a farmer or interested in the North American potato industry in any way, then this podcast is for you. We'll be joined bi-weekly by industry members to talk about the best production practices and the latest trends. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. At the end of January, I headed to Brandon, Manitoba for the Manitoba Potato Production Days. This is a three-day conference about everything potatoes. And if you're in the Manitoba potato industry, you've probably been to your fair share of potato days. This year's Potato Days was bittersweet for our interviewee this week. Uh, Neil Goodmanstead, I'm a University Distinguished Professor of Potato Pathology, Plant Pathology at North Dakota State University, and I'm the Neil C. Goodmanstead Endowed Chair of Potato Pathology. The 2020 Potato Days was his last conference as an academic. Neil presented on both days of the conference, first on black dot and second on powdery scab and potato mop top. While his presentations on disease were nothing short of thorough and informational, and at times humorous, I could tell that the real story was him. Neil has devoted 43 years of his life to potato disease research and was even awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award from the World Potato Conference for his contributions and dedication to the global potato industry. After his final presentation, for which he received a standing ovation from the room, I pulled him aside to ask about what he thought about his legacy. I'm basically a 95% researcher and I do 5% teaching. So my program is uh, totally devoted to potato pathology research. You mentioned throughout the conference how you're retiring very soon, on Monday actually. So what have been some of the highlights for you during your time in this role? I think uh, some of the highlights for me are the fact that I have always responded to when the growers have wanted me to work on a, on a new disease problem. I've, I've been able to develop a, a research program uh, on that and, and provide some, some uh, management strategies and t- tactics. There are 40 economically important pathogens of potato globally and my, my uh, research program has worked on 21 of those 40 diseases. And if you look at any other potato pathologist anywhere in the world, the most that I've been able to find is another person who's worked on eight. 
most most potato pathologists work on one or two diseases, and we've worked on 21 and published papers and developed management strategies for the, for 21 different pathogens. And do you have a favorite one that sticks out for you? Well, I always like the ones that that are uh, really important uh, nationally that can bring in a lot of federal money to my research program. So that would be zebra chip was one, and we made some. You know, we we were able to. To, uh, develop some some management strategies for that disease, which almost killed potato production in some areas of the United States, and then the potato mop top virus. You know, the work that I talked about here is is important for for both Canada and the United States. And you mentioned how you worked on 21 different diseases, uh, but there has been some feedback that you know, and you mentioned it before, that you could be working on fictitious diseases that aren't really of super economical importance. What is your what is your response to when people say, like, this is not the most important disease you could be working on right now? Well, I've never had people say that until I got here. <laughs> and I really, it was, that was a, uh, a I, I mis purposely misconstrued those comments from my colleague, friend of mine here in Canada, so I could make a point. Uh, that a lot of people don't think that black dot is in this case is is very important economically, but it's been documented uh, over and over. And again, I started working on black dot. It was the first disease that uh, that I initiated a research program on in 1977, and I'm still working on it today because it's a very tough disease to work on, a pathogen to work on, and a very until recently we haven't had any chemical options to help us with the soil phase. So I work on diseases when the industry tells me they're important to them and they want me to work on them. So I I don't think that any, there are people who say that I know behind my back, but I don't believe it's a, it's a valid comment because I, I wouldn't work on anything unless I was convinced it was economically important to the industry. And have you always been involved in the potato industry? I started my career in barley. Um, I was a barley pathologist, but terribly boring. You know, there are only two or three really important diseases, and in potato there are 40, you know. So I was fortunate to get into the potato uh, pathology area because of all the diseases that affect it and because it's vegetatively propagated, so every single pathogen that attacks it is basically seed-borne as opposed to true seed crops, which is less than 5% of the pathogens are, are seed-borne. So I'm very fortunate to have been able to, to work on potatoes. I believe it is, it is the most secure job that you can have. Job security is unbelievable because you can never possibly control all the diseases of the 40 economically important ones. And so I've, the, in the, the breadth of the pathogens, the virus, bacterial, phytoplasma, fungal, fungal-like, protistas that I've been able to work on has been fascinating. You know, it's the, it keeps my interest in it and engagement uh, at a very high level for a very long period of time. And do you come from, I know you started in barley, but do you come from an agricultural background at all? Like what is your, how'd you get into this kind of disease pathology research? Well, I grew up on a farm in North Dakota. Uh, my father retired and two of my brothers had, had taken it over. I, uh, when I was eight years old, my father woke me up and wished me happy birthday and told me it was time to go to work. And uh, he was a small dairy farmer, you know, small grain, everything was all about the cows. And when the, when the uh, 
cheese factory nearby that closed because he, he milked, you know, brown Swiss, which have high milk fat. We went to more of a small grain, but the farm was too small. So I was going to be a science teacher, decided I didn't want to do that. And so I got into grad school and, and got into uh, plant pathology, worked on barley initially, but then had an opportunity to, for a job in potatoes. And that's how I, I got in. The rest is history. And that was 1977 when I moved from barley to potatoes. And you seem to obviously be enjoying it too. And so you come from an ag background. What would you say to potato growers about the work you're doing? And then what, if you were to say anything to them right now, what would you say? Hire me as a consultant <laughs> in my retirement because I can, I, I've learned a lot about potato production and not just disease management, uh, fertility, cultural practices, weed management, insect management. And while I'm here talking about a single disease, it's really a holistic approach you have to do culturally to be able to, to manage diseases effectively and economically. Um, and, and I have a lot of that knowledge. So I, you know, facetiously I say hire me, but I, I do have and have accumulated a lot of information in my brain. And a lot of it isn't in papers, aren't papers that you can read and consult about. It's stuff that I have learned on the job by, by having six clients and traveling 15 states in every time zone and having to manage diseases and the practices on a farm in order to make it more economically viable. So it's, you know, it, I have been able to take my professional career as a researcher and meld that with my, my professional career as a consultant to help growers be more profitable. And in fact, my consulting has driven my research because there will be times when my clients have a disease problem. We, I don't have enough information about the biology or how this pathogen is, is really working. And so I'll initiate a research project, figure out what it, why it's a, such a bad disease on their farm from a biological standpoint and then develop management strategies. And so that's what's next for you, consulting? It's consulting, yeah. I have six clients. Um, a lot of what I do is, is you know, reviewing what people have done you know, in the wintertime and then uh, helping them plan for the next season. And then I make on-farm visits during the spring planting through the growing season uh, and into harvest. And you mentioned how a lot of your research is based on what you hear from clients and from growers. So at this event, what have been some of the questions that growers have asked you? Well, I've been getting a lot of questions about the diseases that I don't haven't actually talked yeah. about here. You know, uh, for instance, verticillium wilt management. Uh, as you know, there's a there's a, a countrywide effort for soil disease management that's being head head up by my good friend Mario Tenuta at the University of Manitoba. Wonderful scientist and a great friend. Um, and we're doing similar studies to that in the United States. And, and I think it's great because there's Canada, Canadian one is starting about a year after ours, but the, the sheer amount of information that's going to be generated from both of those projects in both countries, you know, and there's they're currently working on how to share their their information back and forth. We're taking similar but slightly different approaches to to the uh, national research in both countries. So it's I talked a lot about just in general soil disease management. 
And in your presentation, you talked about the importance of making sure that the information gets passed along. You talked about how you have to say whatever you want to say three times. Do you have any advice for, for extension staff or people who work in extension and they work with growers and they have to, you know, pass along the information? Well, I, I like the approach uh, uh, that, that uh, Zach, uh, one of the, the pathologists here in, in Manitoba, is taking, which is to really take an, an on-farm approach to extension. Um, that's really common in, in some other crops like high-value vegetable crops and tree fruit, you know, it's, and his experience in that area. And so I think that is, is getting to be the, you know, it's kind of old school, but I think that's the most effective. These kind of presentations are great to, to help growers understand the bigger picture, uh, but it's really, to really have an impact, extension's really got to be on the farm. And so he's bringing the old approach back here in Manitoba, and I think that is still the best approach. Uh, it, it can't all be electronic and social media is how you reach out and, and get to an individual. I do those things. I think they're a mechanism, but I don't think they're the most effective mechanism because you have to be on a farm, know what that farmer is doing, knowing what the disease problems are, and then be able to help them on an injury. Because it's a it's field by field management, and you can't do that by sitting you know in Winnipeg or Brandon or in Fargo, North Dakota. You have to be on the, on the individual's farm. Yeah. And it's kind of like scouting. You can definitely call and say, these are my symptoms, but sometimes you really have to go and see something for your own eyes. So You really do. That's correct. Yep. So you've obviously been in the potato industry for a long time. Do you have any hopes and dreams for where you want to see the industry grow or improve? Well, I would really like to see the seed industries improve. My hopes it would be that the seed industry would get into the 21st century and, and start using the, the methods and the techniques that will help us produce a better product. We have far too many diseases, pathogens that are being transmitted on seed that aren't being even looked at, thought about, or dealt with by the seed industry. Um, and the only way that those changes are going to happen is when the commercial industry basically says enough is enough. You, you know, we have to work together. We have to share the expense of being able to produce a better product. And that's going to take more post-harvest testing. I think both countries, my, my goal, my, my dream is that both countries, Canada and the United States, set up regional labs that are federally supported and supported by the industry. They share that cost where we do post-harvest testings for some of these really devastating pathogens that are being transmitted through seed. Mm -hmm. So final question, let's make it a fun one. Uh, what is your favorite potato dish? Uh, well, you know, there are various forms of scalp potatoes that I like, and there are, you know, really French sophisticated ones. Uh, but anything that's a potato au gratin, I'm, I'm all over it. That's, the, that's a dish that I can always rub my face in. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. By the time you're hearing this, Neil will be enjoying his retirement, and the entire Potatoes in Canada team wishes him well. You can also find him on Twitter, at Neil Good. Thank you for tuning in, and if you've enjoyed this podcast and have an idea for a topic you'd like to see us cover next, please reach out. We have some topics planned for future episodes, but we're really interested in learning more about what you'd like to learn when it comes to potato production or the industry at large. You can reach out to us by email, by going to potatoesincanada.com contact, 
or find us on Twitter at Potatoes Canada. We also have a Facebook page. Just search Potatoes in Canada, but you'll see very quickly that I'm a bigger fan of Twitter. Regardless, you can reach out over email, Twitter, or Facebook with suggestions on who and what you'd like to see on the show. We will see you in two weeks for the next episode and appreciate you listening. We'd also like to thank our podcast sponsors, NutraAg and NutraAnalytics, for their support of the show. To learn more, check out NutraAg.com and MyNutraAnalytics.com. Thank you for listening to Tuber Talk, Canada's potato podcast. Catch up on all of our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or online at potatoesincanada.com slash podcast.